Hello and welcome to the show where teens say some shit. We are your host Ranit Roy and Vaibhav Chakravarti and we, we are, are the, the teens, teens who said, said so. so. Hello 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 guys. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Today we have some stuff lined up for you. First up, we'll give you a general backstory of how gaming came into existence, followed by a brief history about gaming in India, and finally, we'll talk about the current status of gaming in India. So let's begin with the history of gaming. So the first recognized example of a game machine was unveiled by Dr. Edward at the New York World's Fair in 1940. Whoa, 1940. That's a long time ago, dude. Yeah. However, the first gaming system for homes did not emerge until nearly 3 decades later. In 1967, Ralph Baer and his team released a prototype of gaming system known as the Brown Box. So, it was basically a vacuum tube circuit that could be connected to a television set which allowed two users to control cubes that chased each other on the screen. So, this was kind of the first video game that humanity ever saw. But was it successful at that time? To be honest, no. The brown box was not very successful because at that point of time, home gaming was quite an alien concept for the average people. So, the next big step in the gaming industry was in the year 1972, when Atari, one of the most popular gaming companies, set the benchmark for large-scale gaming community. Atari not only developed their games in-house, they also created a whole new industry around arcade gaming. And even though we were not alive to experience this, for the people who were, it must have been crazy to see the single company bringing gaming to the masses. The sheer impact can sometimes be underrated, but nevertheless, it was pretty big. Yeah, especially the arcade gaming industry that Atari created attracted millions of individuals. who wanted to experience the phenomenon of gaming and arcade gaming was definitely like one of the most popular things out there at that point of time let's fast forward a bit and look at the beginning of the multiplayer era during the late 1970s a number of chain restaurants around the us started to install video games to capitalize on the hot new craze this started the more competitive side of gaming in a basic level the way that this happened was that Players would record their high scores with the initials and were determined to mark their spaces at the top of the list. But at this point, multiplayer gaming was limited to players competing on the same screen, right? Exactly. The first example of players competing on separate screens came in 1973 with Empire, a strategic turn-based game for up to 8 players. This was made possible by the Plato network system. According to usage logs from the Plato system, users spent about 300,000 hours playing empire between 1978 and 1985 300000 hours that's crazy now moving on let's talk about online gaming so the base of online gaming was lan lan gaming grew more popular with the release of marathon on the macintosh in 1994 and especially after first person multiplayer shooter quake hit stores in 1996 by this point the release of windows 95 and affordable ethernet cards brought networking to the windows pc further expanding the popularity of multiplayer lan games 
LAN networks and later the internet took the multiplayer gaming community to a completely different level. Mainly because it allows fans to compete and interact from different computers which in the long run improved the social aspect of gaming. So, way before well-known gaming giants like Nintendo moved into the sphere of online gaming, many engineers attempted to utilize the power of telephone lines to transfer information between consoles and make online gaming possible. And I would say that was quite an ingenious thought for that point of time at least. Yeah, definitely. It was a good thought to begin with. But the first net-centric console to gain popularity was the Dreamcast. It was a truly revolutionary system developed by the company Sega. But as it was the first net-centric device, and of course gaming was definitely not something that people would put their money without a second thought, at least at that point of time, so was the console successful or not? Uh, to be honest, no. Just like the brown box, it was a massive failure, which effectively put an end to Sega's console legacy. So, like, what was the main reason for the failure? In my opinion, uh, accessing the internet was expensive at that point of time, especially for the millennium. Yeah, that must have been a problem. But since the early 2000s, internet capabilities have exploded, and computer processor technology has improved at such a fast rate that every new batch of games, graphic, and consoles left the previous generation behind on all aspects. Also, the cost of technology, servers, and the internet had dropped. Internet at quite fast speeds was accessible almost everywhere. And the next change in the history of gaming was when smartphones had hit the market. And gaming had undergone yet another rapid evolution that had changed not only the way people played games, but also brought gaming into the mainstream pop culture in a way never before seen. Also, the rapid developments in mobile technology over the last decade have created an explosion of mobile gaming. In fact, according to ESA Computer and Video Game Industry Report for 2015, at least 1.5 billion people with internet access played video games. Now let's move on to the history of gaming in India. So the advent of India's online gaming industry can be dated back to early 2000s, when console and PC gaming brought several middle-income Indians on the digital gaming platforms. Although the consumption was limited due to the high cost of PCs and consoles, Nevertheless, it underlined the potential of online gaming in India. PC gaming audience found their love in games like Call of Duty, FIFA and Counter-Strike, as the quality of these games developed in the Western markets attracted the young gamers of the country who had access to PC and an internet connection. And the next stage for gaming in India was between 2010 and 2016, when smartphones became the primary mode of internet usage. Today, the top-selling and the most affordable smartphones have high processing powers and graphic capabilities to run the best games and experience entertainment on the go. Exactly. Games like Subway Surfers, Temple Run really attracted people towards mobile gaming. But still the fact that video games have never had the best of reputations in India and to a large extent, they still don't. In the past, games were considered a waste of time and money, one that was meant only for kids. And as for these reasons, Indian market was nothing short of hostile for foreign companies when it came to video games. But games like Counter-Strike and Dota was always a big show for the youth of the country who were desperately looking for opportunities to showcase their talents. Which brings us to the next segment of our show which is about one of the darkest times of Indian gaming community. Forsaken needs no introduction but 
we are gonna do it anyway. In 2018, Optic Gaming, one of the most recognizable esports organizations in the world, decided to come to India. Optic wanted to be the first organization to try and give Indian players a platform to showcase their talent. This was the first time in which India seemed to have a chance to prove themselves in the international stage. After grueling trials, only 8 players were selected for the next stage. In this stage, more trials were conducted and eventually the final 5 were selected. Although the team was never one of the top contenders at the beginning, but they significantly improved within a short span of time and won almost all the tournaments that they participated in. Finally, the team qualified for the first international tournament, Extreme Lands 2018. This is where it gets interesting. It was the second match for Optic India's team and the team was playing exceptionally well after the loss they had faced in the first match. Everything was going on perfectly for the Indian team until the 19th round when match officials surrounded Forsaken's PC. When they checked his PC, they found three suspicious files on his PC including the infamous word.exe file which was further tracked back to a website which was famous for CSGO cheats. After this catastrophe, Optic India was immediately disqualified from the tournament and shortly after, Optic Gaming closed their Indian branch. It was not only disappointing for the Indian fans, but it was also a huge humiliation of Indian gaming community in front of the world. This incident was a huge setback for Indian gaming scene. Finally, we must discuss the present state of gaming in India. Online gaming in India has had a big surge of interest in recent years. To attest to this, there is a projected user base of more than that of 628 million gamers across the country, a boost to an otherwise alternate branch of entertainment. The boost in interest not only exposes the public to more entertainment resources, but also boosts the economy significantly through growth of companies, investors and job opportunities. According to some sources, the gaming industry in India is alleged to be worth more than 1.3 million and is expected to climb to more than triple to around 5 million by the year 2025. This causes a domino effect. Good exposure results to more people to strive to make better games, which in turn gives even better exposure to the youth. Rapid urbanization also means a greater market for games. Previous state of mobile gaming is slowly but surely shifting to a more balanced competition for PC and other consoles in India, which puts India on the map for the most popular esports events in the world like the League of Legends World Championship, Valorant Championships, CSGO Majors, etc. India has over 560 million internet users, making it the second largest online market in the world. By the year 2023, it is estimated that this number will increase up to 650 million users in the country. This means more people will have access to online video games, as it is there are more icons of hope emerging as people who are extremely good at a game. So what are some examples of these people? Some great examples would probably be SK Rossi, who has brought the gaming community of India to a notable position in the world stage after recently almost qualifying for the international stage of the Valorant Champions Tour. But unfortunately, they lost to another Asian team from Southeast Asia, PaperX. But this puts India as a region that can and will compete. Yet another great example of these extremely good gamers is Saranj Jain, 
He's a FIFA player that is turning heads in the competitive scene. Wow, the future is in good hands. Video game development in India has also seen a surge with independent companies starting up, which means more employment and more opportunity to show your talent and get financial support from it. One of the most anticipated games in the Indian market, Mumbai Gullies, is being developed by an Indian gaming company, Game Eon Studios. The pandemic was sort of a blessing in disguise for the gaming scene as it forced people to stay indoors, which meant more people were using gaming as a way to escape from their lives and have fun. This also meant that some individuals went a step further than casual gaming and became pros or at least aspiring to become pros. Streaming and content creation has also played a significant part in exposing the Indian public to gaming. Popular streamers like Mithpat and Kari Minati come to mind who have brought games to the casual Indian audience. So Vibhav, tell us a few positive and negative effects of gaming with context to health. Uh, so let's focus on the positive side first. Gaming uh, helps our minds develop at least 23% more than traditional learning methods, according to some studies. And also another very basic point is that gaming sharpens our attention. Yeah, definitely gaming improves our attention like as it requires quick thinking. For example, if someone's playing Valorant or any other first-person shooter competitive game, so they have to be ready at all times for different possibilities and what will be the reaction to each possibility. And uh, yeah. Therefore, uh, so one has to be completely attentive while playing game, which in the long run definitely improves our attention. And also it helps our reflexes, I think. Um, yeah. Because yeah. In, in competitive games, like you said, you have to think on our feet and uh, I mean, not just mentally, but also like physically you have to, uh, yeah. like, let's say if you're playing a shooter, then you have to aim. So y- your reflex is very important in that. So yeah, definitely helps our reflexes as well. Okay. So let's, let's move on to the third point, which is uh, that different games can give players different problems to solve, which help in uh, developing our strategic intuition. Yeah. Like because different games have various levels and each level has to be completed in a unique way. So players have to think logically. They have to solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like simple games, which look simple on the surface, like Minecraft or something definitely, um, helps us to think in a very problem solving kind of a way which we don't do in like a regular basis so it definitely gives our mind a good practice for that Uh, yeah in the long run it will it will uh, definitely improve our problem solving skills okay so now can you tell us a few negative effects of gaming uh okay so something that is very redundant and repetitive but we have to talk about it anyways is vision problems um yeah everybody has them you and i both have specs so that's something uh like looking at screens for a extent of period of time really does hurt like sure some people don't want to like accept that but it does hurt you and of course of course and even though that is something that has been going on for like forever um we are now forced to do this because because of the pandemic and because of the lockdown, we are forced to stay mm-hmm. at our homes and interact um, through our devices. Yeah, which... of course, like schools have shifted from 
offline classes to online classes we have to be in front of a screen we even give our exams through our devices right so we have to be in yeah. front of our devices all the time yeah. even people even people in the working sector they have to work from their laptop they work have to work from their pcs yeah so, yeah, yeah Uh, that's definitely a negative effect of covid yeah One i think it's it's really it's really showed us that um it can hurt us in many ways and this is just one of the ways right let's move on to the other thing now uh, which is obesity and we've seen this uh, especially for um, gamers like us i guess because usually people sit and just look at a screen for so long and it does hurt your vision a lot but also hurts your physical body because if you're not yeah, moving I think, yeah i think obesity is not the only problem it can cause various health problems according to me like uh-huh. especially in the last two years uh, uh, we are locked up in our houses our school, we have to do our schools through our devices so it really did affect my health from the past two years i've been suffering from various uh, health issues so yeah, on yeah. a personal level i have felt that yeah i think everybody has maybe not to the same extent but everybody has yeah like, everybody definitely if we go out today and try and run like 1 km we're not going to be able to do that and even if we yeah, are it's we're going to be dead by the end of it so, yeah like and it's not only about physical health it did affect our mental health completely because we were locked up in our houses in uh-huh. front of the screen whole day and let me just say one thing uh, that yeah, is that is uh, related to this me and you and obviously some of our friends mm-hmm. have not faced the entire effect of the mental health aspect of it i at least to me because yeah. we've been in contact right we've been in contact from like all throughout the lockdown and the pandemic and everything we almost talk like every single day right i think for us it's not as much of a problem but for the people just imagine for the people who have not have not had contact with their friends or family for however long and it it can really mess someone's mental health i, I mean so let's just kind of get away from that depressing topic and yeah. let's focus on the prospect of a gaming career you know as an esport athlete So what do you have to say about that? Okay so like in my opinion gaming can definitely be a career option. At least now the way the world is moving gaming can definitely be a career option. But there is a very very important thing that we all have to keep in our minds is that gaming can never be a standalone option as a career. So let me mm-hmm. elaborate on that. Like if we want esports in India to be looked upon equally as any other sports like cricket, football, badminton etc, we like we on personal level have to treat esports just like any other sports. Yeah, yeah. See like if if we start training for sports like if you are training for cricket we'll not leave our studies right at the beginning of our training our mm-hmm. focus will eventually change from our studies slowly towards cricket right if we can get to that kind of a skill level that is obviously yeah uh, what i'm trying to say is that right at the beginning one's focus should be their main job as students their main job is studies and so their primary focus should be studies if they are mm-hmm. working their primary focus should be their job along mm-hmm. with that as a hobby one can pursue whichever sports they are playing including esports so yeah. in case of esports maybe you're a student you're studying and when you're done with the studying for the day you can play games you can stream on youtube you can participate in different tournaments and slowly yeah. when people start seeing you and you have that sort of talent 
then maybe you can slowly shift your main focus from studies towards gaming but i think yeah. one should always complete that studies at least because these are It... career options where you can't guarantee success right So yeah plan b always has to be ready yeah, if yeah. i feel in this i should have another option yeah yeah and uh, just elaborating on the fact that gaming is a entertainment kind of a career path right entertainment is always going to be there but the forms of entertainment change like rapidly right we we've seen that even us being just teenagers we've seen how everything has shifted from Yeah. For, there was a time where streaming and content creation was looked upon as kind of weird thing to do and uh platforms like YouTube and Twitch even though Twitch is Twitch does not have a server in India which kind of sucks but whatever it is these platforms have definitely put the gaming scene and really any kind of entertainment scene forward to a very different level than it started So that's it for this episode guys. I really really do hope you guys like this episode and more importantly you got to learn something new. And if you're listening till now, I'm sure you guys liked it. So please share it with your friends and family so that even they know that the teen said so. Thank you very much.